I'm Kate Daniels. The Heart Association does such amazing work in education and support, and I'm always grateful to the staff who so regularly connect me with courageous people willing to share their story of an encounter with either a heart attack or a stroke, which is a brain attack. This morning, Steve Kipp joins us to share his incredible story. It has to do with a stroke. I feel it's a big wake-up call to any one of us feeling complacent about what can actually happen just out of the blue in a quick second. But Steve is here to relate the story, and we will find where it very literally touches our heart. Steve Kipp, good morning, and thank you so greatly for being with us this morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm so pleased that we have this opportunity because of the information, but probably first off, that you are sitting here after having suffered a stroke. I mean, that's a, a major thing. I, yeah, I am sitting here, and that you're right, it is a major thing. And uh, yeah, I think I even surprised myself that I'm here. So yeah, absolutely. So using that as uh, perhaps our launch point, because we are wanting mm. to talk about the Heart Association and things that are going on right now, but you are here because your story is so compelling. You had a stroke. You're a young guy, and uh, I read a little bit about you. You're very fit. You're really into fitness, and here you have a stroke. So obviously that just really caught you off guard, came out of the blue. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, uh, you could say that. So, yeah, I've been uh, active my entire life. I ran marathons, uh, completed the Boston Marathon, uh, ran in a college-level runner, uh, bike racer, you know, really, really active, um, Never thought in a million years I'd be someone who could say that he had a stroke. And yet it happened. So give us a sense of what happened. So, you know, we can potentially relate to something just coming at us out of the blue, too. Yeah. So it was uh, a year ago. In fact, it was uh, August 18th of, um, of 2017. And uh, it was just a typical Friday. I had uh, had a work day. I actually did uh, Pilates that morning. I was in a class, uh, worked out, and then I came home uh, after work. Uh, we had I was having dinner with my wife. I, I literally was eating a chicken leg when all of a sudden uh, I couldn't see out of my right eye, uh, and then uh, I felt this numbness and tingling that sort of went down the right side of my body. Um, really all the way to my leg. And, uh, you know, what I thought, uh, maybe this is maybe this is a guy thing, but I kind of, you know, was in complete denial that, you know, nothing really bad was happening to me. I just thought maybe I was having a, you know, a bad headache or something. Uh, and then I just kind of started to really lose, uh, you know, I just didn't really know where I was. I mean, I started, I kind of was having struggling to sort of figure out you know, what day it was, what month it was. I was kind of very discombobulated. And my wife, luckily, was there. I think she recognized way before I did what was going on. And uh, she immediately said, we're going to the hospital. And uh, so then she took me down to the hospital. And I think that's, you know, and even on the ride there, I was, I just really was in denial as to really what the extent of what was happening to me. Did she actually think that this was a stroke potentially? She did. Uh, you know, she she didn't tell me because I don't think she wanted to, you know, alarm me. But mm -hmm. we were in the car, and I remember, uh, 
just not really knowing where I was. I mean, I knew, I didn't know the month. I kept struggling in the car, like, where was I? What was going on? Um, and I was really confused. Um, and the trip down there, we went to actually Swedish Hospital. We live in West Seattle, so we were, we were close. Um, and it was about 8.30 at night, so we didn't have traffic. And so we made it there really quickly. But um, she, as soon as we got to the hospital, um, she just told the front desk at the emergency, I think my husband's having a stroke. And that's when, uh, that's when I think it felt like I actually wrote about this in a, in a piece that I did on my LinkedIn account. But um, it actually felt like I was a, a cast member in Grey's Anatomy. I mean, it was like you, all of a sudden you're the star of this medical drama. Uh, and all of this action and activities happening all around me. There's, you know, I mean, it's 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 ex- almost exactly what you sort of see in in the movies. Uh, and they were all there, and 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 then it started sort of a series of tests, and and things just happened very very quickly at that point. So backing up a a piece, you actually walked to the car. There was no problem with. Mobility. Yeah, I did, and that, and that's what's sort of interesting about my experience. Um, you know, I was able to walk to the car. I felt uh, the the I kind of lost sight very early in my right eye, but then it kind of went. It went. It went. It was sort of like almost like a shadow passing across my vision, and it, and then I could see fine. Um, but then I felt this sort of tingling numbness in my body, but I could move around. It just felt different. Um, and even when I got to the hospital and they did sort of your standard stroke tests of smiling and moving different, you know, your arms and legs, I, I could do that just fine. I could pass that. But mentally, I was out of it. I mean, I, you know, I had really no short-term memory uh, at that point. The other question comment is about calling 911. Did that occur to your wife that maybe that would be the thing to do or because you know the all of the information we get now is like call 911. Yeah, uh, great question. I think in retrospect it was something that we struggled with. Uh I I think if I had to do it over again, I definitely would have called 911. I think she would have as well and I know that it, I think she kind of beats herself up for that a little bit. Mm. Um but it was you know, it was we were so close um, to the hospital. There was no traffic. And and I think we just made this or she made this snap decision to just let's get in the car and we'll just go. And so we made it probably within 15 minutes from from our house. And and time is. And, and we were just yeah. thinking, yeah, we were more interested. We were more concerned about just the time. And so mm-hmm. that's why we did it that way. Mm-hmm. And it's not about guilt trip at all. Just mm-hmm. wondered what was going on. And and potentially if it was uh, the middle of the afternoon, she might have really thought, no, we need to. Well, you know, and absolutely, because, you know, I tell people, uh, you know, because who have experienced this or, or, you know, people people often ask me, you know, about this experience. And I tell them, you know, you need to immediately call 911. I mean, if it, this, this, you, what I wouldn't realize, I think at the time was when you're in a stroke, that's a medical emergency and you have to treat it like a medical emergency. And I think with the way, uh, the advances that have, that have occurred in, in, in medical care now, your best bet is to call 911 right away. Don't even hesitate uh, because they can, they can have, they can have the ability to get you uh, you know, the care that you need right away, because time is absolutely of the essence in this type of situation. Right. But it did work in your favor the way it resulted, and and 
like you said, you were right there in the middle of all this action. Once they hear that, I think my husband's having a stroke, they probably just really get right on it. Yeah, I was I was really fortunate. I think the people at Swedish, I have, you know, uh, I just thank them so much. Um, they, they did everything they could. And I think, uh, you know, my situation is sort of unique. I, I got in there. Um, and the way they really sort of were trying to determine whether I actually had a stroke or not was because I could kind of move my arms and do some of those things was really the mental acuity. So they were asking me things like, you know, do you know what month it is? I had no idea. You know, do you know who the president is right now? I said, I have no, I have no idea. Like, I just didn't know what was happening. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I went through CAT scans and different, different tests that they had. And and they determined, um, they they could see it, that I'd had a stroke. Um, And then what was fortunate for me is that they actually didn't have to use the clot busting drugs on me. Uh, because my stroke, it, literally, it was like a light switch went off. One minute, I'm I'm kind of not knowing what month it is. The next second, I'm I, I know exactly what's going on. So I just sort of snapped out of it, um, and and it got a lot better uh, almost immediately. But then, as we've talked about how healthy you are, you're so fit. Uh, did you ask the questions right then, or did they start to research why did you have this? They did, and you know, I was the I'm the classic case of uh, I have a what's called a PFO, um, which is really just a hole in my heart that I was born with, and and most you know everybody's born with this, and then it closes uh, as you get older. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my case, it didn't close. And there's about 25 percent of the population where it doesn't close, and and honestly, for most people, it's fine. I mean, there's many people that live their whole lives and and nothing nothing bad happens, but in my case, uh, they they speculate that the clot went through the hole and then to the brain, uh, and that's why I had the stroke. Um, and it was I was a classic case because I had taken good such good care of myself that I had really low cholesterol. Uh, low blood pressure, you know, otherwise really healthy. So there really wasn't any other, there really wasn't any other factor that determined into it except the the PFO. So then they did some tests to determine, you know, if I actually had that, uh, which I did. And, and I actually, my whole, I, they found out was really, really big. <laughs> um, so, you know, that's, so that's basically, it was a pretty cut and dried in terms of determining what the cause was. And... Was it any question about then what do you do next? Do you fix the hole? Yeah. So there's a lot of literature about this and there's debate. And, uh, you know, I think more and more they're determining that um, in some situations it can be useful to close the hole. In other situations, you know, you may use, you know, blood thinners and and other things to just, uh, you know, make sure that you don't have a a stroke. Um, In my case... You know, my doctors and we got together and, and I felt like it was that I, I wanted the hole closed. Um, I kind of wanted the peace of mind to have that. I had read. It was a very, really, really simple procedure. I was actually awake the whole time. Um, they did it about a month or so, a couple months after uh, I had had the stroke uh, and it worked out really well for me. 
So that was a couple of months later, so roughly about October of last year. Right. Right? So here we are, you know, about the same time frame. Exactly. And the reason that we're here, of course, is with the Heart Association. You have a compelling story to share, and I appreciate uh, that you are here sharing it because the reason is we're inviting people to participate in a couple of big events that are coming up. So let's take a moment to, or a few moments to mention what those are. Yeah. So, uh, I actually participated in my first heart walk last year, okay. um, about six or eight weeks after my stroke, uh, which was a really interesting experience. But um, this year, uh, there's a, a walk in the South Sound on Saturday, September 22nd at, at Cheney Stadium in Tacoma. And then up here in Seattle, uh, it's October 13th at Seattle Center. Um, and that's uh, sponsored by Primera Blue Cross, I might add. Um, but uh, it's both, it's a 5K walk um, or, or 5K run or three miles walk run, um, you know, whatever you can do. It's great. Families welcome. I mean, I had, I had a fantastic time when I went last year, to be honest. I mean, and as a, as a survivor, especially at that time, um, I needed that mental, I needed to know that others had kind of gone through this similar experience or, or, and it was sort of like a felt like a connection to the people there, uh, that were wearing the white survivor hats. And, um, in a, in a way I felt, I felt proud that I was there, that I was able to be there to walk with these folks, um, and to feel that sense of community. So from just a mental health aspect, it was, it was really great. It just felt really good to be part of it. And so you're preparing for the one coming up or the yeah. ones coming up this year. And yeah, and you know, it's, it's, um, I'm a little competitive. I should tell you that. Uh, so last year I took it easy. I, I just walked the walk. And now this year I want to actually run. And my, you know, the head of Primera, the CEO is Jeff Rowe. And he's, he's sort of heading up the whole, you know, he's kind of the chair of the whole heart walk uh, this year. And, you know, he's a big runner. And I don't know if Jeff's listening. I'm, I'm calling him out right now because, uh, you know, I'm going to go up against him at this heart walk uh, this year. So he See, better get ready. So I'm, I'm training. I'm actually starting to train for this. And you're going to have the best time. Yeah. In timing of, of, Absolutely. of the run. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but, you know, I, I just want to run it. That's, yeah. Let's put it that way. And that kind of competition uh, is is really positive. It's so constructive that uh, you know to feel that that you're in such great shape following a stroke. I mean, something that is such can be so debilitating. Yeah, and it, it's it's funny because, and I think I'm a good case of people. You know, people are surprised when they see me and they say, "What you had a stroke?" Like I think people have this idea of what in their mind, what a stroke victim or heart attack victim should look like. Right. And that's not the case. I mean, we're all, there could all, you know, anyone could be susceptible and there's different, you know, so I felt like, and in, 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 I'll tell you, a lot of people I run into, especially a lot of men, you know, around my age come to me and they're, they're, they're shocked and they, and they, you know, it's kind of a wake up call to mm -hmm. them. They go, wow, if somebody like you that's been working out, that's really taking care of themselves has this, you know, I need to, I need to take better care of myself. 
And that's why I appreciate that you are doing this, Steve, that you are here to talk about your experience, that you are thus making people, all of us, so much more conscious of what can happen because stroke along uh, with uh, hypertension and heart attacks, together, they're the number one killer of us. So we need to be so much more educated. They are. And, you know, I think what I realized through this experience is there's so much happening in the medical field that's happening every day on this. It is moving at such a pace. I mean, when I think about it, you know, really, what, 20 years ago, if I had had this or somebody has a stroke, there isn't a lot. In, in, in some cases, there wasn't a lot they could do. They didn't have the clot-busting drugs. They didn't have the knowledge that they have today. And when you look at the heart association and, and the money that's raised for that. I mean, it is going into that research and that innovation. I mean, there's more than $5 million that, that, that goes into, you know, Washington State from the Heart Association. Um, and it's it goes into these types of things that help people not only raise awareness uh, of what's happening out there and how they can help and what they need to be aware of, but also to help in the innovation, to help the new technologies, to help sort of move that forward, because there's so much that can be prevented, not only by just changes in your lifestyle, but also just if if it does happen, there's a lot they can do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just really depends on that, on, on you and that speed on getting to the doctor quickly. And there's an amazing amount of things they can do to help you. And that is another reason that we're here this morning to share your story and to invite people to participate. And if they can't participate, although there are virtual walks, they can do that, right? Uh, and donate to the this research that goes on because in order to fund what is happening in education that goes on. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, it, you know, I don't think there's anybody out there that doesn't know someone who has had, you know, some kind of heart issue or been impacted in some way by this. Um, and I, you know, and to know that you could give to an organization that's actually helping to save lives, helping to prevent this uh, from happening to other people, um, you know, it's really worthwhile. And, and as a survivor, um, and to be part of that community and participate too, I think is, is just really important. And it, it meant a lot to me personally to be a part of that. And as you mentioned that, and you you did uh, allude to that earlier, Steve, about um, some of the research that's going on that Primera is involved with, the mental health aspect. You said it was important for you to get out there and do this for your own mental health. Is that part of the research that's going on? Yeah. I mean, we're, as, as, a, as a company, uh, a lot of our uh, corporate philanthropy is going toward uh, behavioral health uh, issues and helping with nonprofits and, that, and, and looking at that, that issue. Um, but I know, f- and, and also here, um, we're looking at sort of what is that experience uh, that cardiac patients have uh, and the gaps in addressing the mental health. We talk so much about, you know, the physical aspects of of going through a heart attack or having having a major medical emergency, but there's also a mental part too. And I know, even in my experience, and and I and I and I have to say, I was really lucky. I mean, you know, there are people that have obviously gone through much more difficult times than I have, and I'm extremely fortunate. Um, but even in that time. 
I actually think it was more the mental aspect of this for me that was harder than the physical. I mean, it was a real wake-up call on on mortality. Um, it's very difficult. It's a lonely experience, even though you get so much help. I mean, you're there. Uh, it's very emotional um, to go through this. It's scary. Uh, and then it's just kind of adjusting, too. It's people, how do they treat you afterwards? And they, people treat you differently. Um, you know, they think, oh, is, is this person, you know, capable of doing their job like they could before? What are the, you know, are they physically as, uh, you know, where they were? And, 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 and it makes you wonder, am I? Are there still, are there things lingering with this that I don't really know about? And, and so I think, there, I think it's really helpful to address the mental aspects Mm -hmm. of this i it's in my case my mental health was almost it it was really the nurses that helped me i mean i remember i had one nurse i talked to and she said steve you know the most important thing here is just don't let this define you and and that meant a lot to me it meant a lot to have that discussion i think sometimes i think sometimes nurses at hospitals are sort of this all that they do every i mean i know anybody who's been in a hospital I mean, you're like, oh, my God, the nurses are amazing. Like, I cannot believe the job these people do. Um, and uh, I think they're just almost all in one. I mean, they do everything, right? And so I think that that was super helpful to me to have that that sort of discussion and, and hear that. And then also later to talk to people that have been through a similar experience as well was really helpful for me. And again, I thank you for being so open and sharing this. I mean, it's it's pretty vulnerable to be so emotionally honest. So I appreciate that because I think, again, we all learn by sharing these stories and feel encouraged and, you know, really feel maybe uh, more hopeful about what can go on for us. Yeah, I think it's super important to talk about it. It's also, uh, you know, for me, I tended to be, you know, when that when that moment happened, I was very, I am, I am the kind of person who's always like, well, we'll just walk it off. It'll be fine. <laughs> you know, like, let's not go to the doctor. Let's just, you know, we'll be fine. And, and let's ignore it, you know, kind of thing. Um, and that just doesn't work. I mean, I think you've got to be really honest in situations like this with yourself and say, I need, I need help. I need to be vulnerable about that. Uh, and I was really, really lucky, frankly, that my wife was there and she recognized what was happening and took action um, because I do have a no people that that was not the case. Uh, and they're in a much different situation today than they than I am. So an, just an aside about that, or actually, it's very important. How is it that your wife was so aware? Um, well, she's. I tell you know she's kind of one of those people that you know if it's an emergency situation that's who you want with you. I mean she's like a take charge, take action kind of person. So I think she was good with that. And I think just from experience, um, I think just knowing signs, knowing me, knowing that it was different from just a headache or something that there was something unusual happening. So I think she recognized we need to go to the doctor and we need to go right away. This is an emergency. Yeah. And that's it. Even though not knowing what it could be, it's just right. a strange occurrence. So, again, thank you for sharing this story. The reason we're doing it again is because there are these two major events coming up and we want just 
unbelievable numbers of people. Huge yeah, numbers. we want more more people to come. Uh, it's a great it's a great opportunity to be there to raise awareness uh, for this issue. Um, you know, honestly, if you, I think if anybody, if you know people that have had you know had a heart attack, had this type of issue, uh, I'm sure just about everybody listening knows somebody. Um, and what's I think what's what's really great about this event. Uh, and and really and, and this and raising money for the heart associations. There's so much that they can do now, and there's so much that they're that I think you can that they can still do, and that is changing every day in this. I mean, even my situation on the on a closure for a PFO is changing every day, and more science is coming in, and and they're learning more. Um, and that's that's exciting, and I think it's I think it's an opportunity for you to be for someone to be part of that change and actually to really make a difference. And that's what we want to do is be part of making a difference, donate to raise funds so the research can keep going on, but come out and and see the people. And perhaps you're a survivor. You get to wear the white cap, as Steve was telling us happens. And so those dates once again, Steve. So uh, the dates are Saturday, September 22nd at South Sound down at Tacoma Cheney Stadium. And then in Seattle at Seattle Center on October 13th. Uh, there's no registration fee. Of course, donations are always welcome. Uh, there's a one-mile warrior walk for, uh, for heart disease and stroke survivors. Uh, and then there's a 5K walk, run as well. Uh, families are welcome. Uh, the goal really is just to raise awareness uh, and obviously to raise some money as well. And uh, to sign up, uh, you can visit heartwalk.org uh, or you can call the American Heart Association at 206-336-7200. And people put together teams for this, don't they? They do. We have uh, a lot of competition at Primera. We have lots of different teams out there. Uh, it's it's fun. It's fun to be part of the team. Um, and there's just... Uh, you know, whether you're a team or you're an individual or you just want to see what's happening, you know, I really or you just want to have a, a, a nice walk with a lot of really good people. Come on down. Yes. But you're not walking this year. You are. I'm, I am running. Running. Okay? I'm, I'm very serious about this. <laughs> all right. I'm going to run. And uh, if Jeff, my uh, C, the CEO of Premier is listening, Jeff, I'm looking for you. <laughs> So so clear a pathway. Yes. <laughs> Anyone who's coming, of course, they're welcome to compete right. and see, you know, what kind of record. Yeah, they, and they, it's right? not, you know, and the funny, I mean, we're joking, but the, I mean, it's not a competition. No. I mean, it's that. It's it's almost really when I did it last year. It, it's it's a gathering, and it's it's just a, a great time to be there and and just you know walk, do whatever you whatever you can at your own pace. And just enjoy the company. I, I walked with uh, my wife and uh, some friends, and it was just a really good time. And, you know, I can't say enough about the fact that you are here so honestly sharing your story. Uh, you know, it, I always have this feeling that when things happen that aren't so wonderful, there is some purpose. There's good that's come out of it. Certainly, I think you're a a great spokesperson here and a great inviter for us to participate and, and really feel so hopeful about the future. Thank you. I, I really appreciate that. Thank you very much. Well, I appreciate again that you've taken time to be here, that uh, there's all this great stuff going on. 
that you've survived. You yeah. Know, <laughs> you know, yeah, I'm happy right? I've survived I mean, as well. So thank you. Yeah, yeah. but but it's so wonderfully, and uh, it's just informational, educational for all of us. So. Steve Kipp, thank you so greatly for being here and uh, for, you know, doing so much good for the world. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. And, and get out there. Yes. Let's get out there. Let's commit to that. Let's make our life, these steps we take, count. Because as Steve has just told us, change is occurring all of the time. But that research, all of these things to help people survive really take the research, the dollars, and if each of us, it doesn't have to be a grandstand effort, if each of us does our part and donates as much as we are able, then we are all part of the solution and we're going to make such an incredible difference for our world. It may not be our own self, but certainly someone that we know because the statistics are there to prove that. So the Heart Walk, let's meet each other out there on the walk or the run as Steve is going to do.